Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Chicago Bulls get an OT victory over the Charlotte Hornets, a game which shouldn't have necessarily got pushed to overtime. But we'll talk a little bit about that game. We're also going to talk about Mark Stein reporting that the Chicago Bulls are not looking out, looking to send out multiple veterans. And are the Chicago Bulls preparing to keep Zach Levine? We're going to talk about all that, plus the rotation changes. Now that we're adding more depth to the team, we're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. More importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform you happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So the Bulls got an OT victory over the Charlotte Hornets. Um, this was a game where there were some questionable decisions down the stretch, which we're going to talk about. But Kobe White, again, leading the way for the Chicago Bulls with 25.6 rebounds, 5 assists. Really, just Kobe White's shot is back. But outside of that, even when Kobe White's shot was gone, I think it's safe to say now that Kobe White and who he's been showing that he is, is legit for the Chicago Bulls. 10 for 19 from the field, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, only 1 turnover in this game as well. Kobe White is balling with 27, I think it's a 25, 27 points um, from Kobe White. And, you know, you just keep seeing Kobe White stand up and, and play the way that he has with the energy. And like I said over in the postgame show, it's not just about the scoring. It's the decision-making that Kobe White's also making. Some of the things that may get overlooked unless you're, like, really watching the game at a deep level to kind of see the things off-ball. Like, the way that Kobe White creates space, and I don't mean space with shooting. Yes, he does that as well, but how he creates space with, understanding where to be on the floor to kind of in fast breaks and, and, and areas to kind of extend his defender out to, uh, to allow the players that are cutting in things with more space to operate. Kobe White's basketball IQ is one of the biggest reasons why Kobe White's just improving in the way that he is, even when his shot wasn't falling. The effort that he's given defensively, how he's rebounding the ball, all those type of things. We've seen now Kobe White really develop, for the most part, into a complete NBA player. And this is a player that is doing it at all levels when he's out there on the floor. Like I said, defensively, doing it. Is he a lockdown defender? No, I would never say that. But, you know, he's he's very active defensively, being smart defensively as well, understanding where to be at times, communicating more on the floor. Kobe White is turning into such a good NBA player. And that's why when we get the voicemails from, you know, people like Corey Mays and stuff like that, when they're just comparing numbers, I'm just like, you got to look at what he's doing outside of just scoring-wise. Kobe White is turning into a legit NBA player. Now, you know, he may offer the Bulls the best in, in you know, if they move on from DeMar, if they move on from Zach Levine, the best player to build around currently right now. You need players just as good or better than Kobe if you're really going to go far. But to see Kobe White, the way that he's grown and developed has been huge in this uh, stretch. And, you know, in the season has been great to see. Now, the 42 minutes that he played, I would like to see that come down, especially as, you know, the rotations are going to start changing a little bit. But again, it was an overtime game. You're going to get your players that play over 40 minutes in this. But one of the biggest stories that are going to be talked about in this game is Andre Drummond and Nikola Vucevic combining for 42 points and 25 rebounds. Drum having 21 points, 15 rebounds in this game, uh, just playing really, really good, especially those offensive boards. Five offensive rebounds that Andre Drummond have in this game. And it's just, Drum has just been playing so well in this stretch, right? 
And, you know, Billy Donovan did talk about bringing Vooch back into the starting lineup. We'll talk a little bit about that here towards the end of the show. But it was really good seeing Drummond have that impact and have the stretch, the run that he's been having since he's been a starter for the Chicago Bulls. Like, hey, Drum is balling out right now. Like, you just you can't take that away from how Andre Drummond's been playing and how he's been really impacting wins as a starter. Andre Drummond's played seven, started seven games for the Chicago Bulls this season. And in those seven games, keep in mind, some of those were earlier. But uh, four, 14, point, uh, 14 points per game, he's averaging 17.5 rebounds per game, 1.5 blocks, 1.5 steals. Andre Drummond is putting up really, really good numbers for the Chicago Bulls, and we're winning more times than not in those games as well. As Chicago Bulls moved to winning 12, oh, 10 out of their last 12 games, and Andre Drummond has been a big part of that, when, both when he was coming off the bench and since he's been a starter. And then Nikola Vucevic, definitely his best game back. Uh, 21 points, uh, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, only 1 turnover from Nikola Vucevic. He goes 10 of 18 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3-point three range. And that you know, just having that combination of, of what you can get from your big man rotation is really big for the Chicago Bulls as well. And DeMar DeRozan, 7 of 16 from the field, 18 points overall, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, 1 block. DeMar DeRozan keeps being active. Now, there were some questionable decisions with uh, DeMar DeRozan down the stretch of the game, which we're going to talk about a little bit. But Zach Levine, right, after Zach Levine playing okay in his first game back, it wasn't a good uh, game today. Eight, nine points only going two of eight shooting, uh, two of six from three-point range. Now, his defense has really been legit. Like, And again, it's against the Charlotte Hornets team. Let's see how he looks against better competition defensively. But even Billy Donovan noting how, how Zach Levine's been playing defensively, he said this. If he can't give us uh, what he gives us, these two games on the defensive end of the floor with the kind of effort and the kind of work, then you know what? He'll find his rhythm offensively. And I agree with that as well. And it's going to be important for Levine to eventually find that rhythm offensively. And it may come down to the legs. He just, he's, he got winded. And you can tell that again in this game, the second game back. But ultimately, you know, Zach Levine is still making an impact defensive, defensively. He's also still passing the ball relatively well. Uh, also, only two turnovers from Zach Levine in this game, but five assists and three rebounds. So he's finding a way to impact the game. He also had two blocks in this game as well. So he's finding a way to put his impact on the game. Not a huge impact. I'm not trying to overstate it, but he's still doing some things good out there. But, uh, yeah, he's playing a little Javon Carter-esque as far as the shooting range. But we'll, we'll, that'll come along for Zach Levine, I'm, I'm 100% certain. Now, one of the things that you're going to get hear a lot of people talk about is decisions down the stretch of the fourth quarter in this game before it led to overtime. We went heavy isolation again. DeMar DeRozan made some mistakes down there. Billy Donovan didn't call a timeout. And actually, Billy Donovan talked a little bit about it after the game, and he said this. I, I, I thought coming down the stretch of the regulation, I thought we, not that we got stagnant there, I thought we could have generated better shots. I thought there were some passes to be made that we held on to it like a dribble too long, and then they were able to recover. I thought in the overtime, the ball movement was much better. You know, the ball went through Vooch, and then he was able to make some plays, and we had some good cutting and movement. We had some drive. I mean, we probably could have put the game away. I thought DeMar made a great drive downhill to that play to Zach when he cut back door. Just was the pass was a little bit out of reach, but I thought the way we played in overtime offensively was much better than it was in, in the regulation that, that final maybe two and a half, three minutes. So I agree with what Billy Donovan said. They did rush it. They didn't kind of run offense. They got into kind of uh, rushing and just not playing as a focused team, but they did come out in the overtime period and they got the lead out early in that overtime. They never let it come back. So those are things that, you know, you definitely want to look at the decision making in the fourth quarter. I, you know, I, I looked at it and I said this. Billy Donovan isn't the best at drawing up inbounds plays. He's just not. So maybe that's why he didn't call the timeout. I'm not saying it to make it any better. But, you know, that's kind of some of the things you're looking at with that as well. But 
So that's the game for the Chicago Bulls. They get another victory. We play. We face uh, the Rockets tomorrow on Wednesday. So look out for that one. That's the second best defense in the NBA. So the Bulls can't not come into that game likely. We'll talk a little bit about that, of course, tomorrow in the morning daily episode. But coming out shortly after this game, or probably around the time that the game was going on, is Mark Stein came out and said that the Bulls right now are looking to ship are, are not looking to ship out multiple veterans or enter a full-fledged rebuild. Now, if you guys have been watching me either here or on Locked On Bulls, me and Pat have been telling you guys this. A full rebuild for this team is not coming. And despite what some Bulls fans want, it's not happening. And a major retooling is different. And I think that is something that could come just by the nature of if Zach Levine still is requesting this trade, if DeMar DeRozan ends up walking in free agency, he can't come to an extension with the Chicago Bulls. Those type of things may force a major retooling by this team. And we talked about one of those targets that the Bulls could have if that goes down uh, in, in yesterday. And Gary Trent Jr. is somebody on, who's on the Bulls' radar. But there's an interesting point in this that Mark Stein made that I did not think about, right? And so we're going to talk a little bit about this. But, you know, he continues to say that, the, that the, the trade market for Zach Levine aren't necessarily around uh, what people are expecting, but the Bulls aren't going to go full rebuild again. I've been telling you guys that for a while. A full rebuild is not coming for this team. But he entered Lonzo Ball's contract into this, into this equation. He said this, 80% of Lonzo Ball's contract is currently covered by league-provided insurance, which is not something I know. I know there's insurance on contracts. I didn't know it was up to that much. Um, and so that right now, even though they have Lonzo Ball, uh, over $20 million contract on the books, and it's, it's, it, uh, it's on their salary cap, the Bulls aren't paying very much of that. It, only 80%, so, I mean, well, 80% being paid by insurance, so the Bulls are only playing 20% of that contract. Now, he did mention, though, that the, the Bulls could use to, to look to, could look to use that salary uh, to build a deal around that, and that there are some teams that are willing to take that on, considering he's expiring, and considering that how long Lonzo's out, it will continue to be uh, uh, taken care of, mainly by league insurance. And this is a different wrinkle, right? And not to say that I think it's likely, right? I'm not saying that at all. But I am going to talk about it from this standpoint is that if, if Lonzo Ball's contract is something that teams are willing to take on, it does open up new possibilities for the Chicago Bulls at the trade deadline, whether they're, they're looking to keep Zach, or, or, or keep Zach on this team or try to add something considerably to this team. Now, keep in mind, if they do trade Lonzo Ball's contract before they use the disabled player exception, they do lose that as well. But if teams are willing to take on Lonzo's contract with it being covered by insurance by the NBA and it only being one year left on the deal, would the Bulls do that? And that is a question that you have to ask yourself because technically, if the Bull, even though the Bulls aren't paying all that salary, it wouldn't send them into the luxury tax if they sent out that, that contract because it's already counted towards their salary cap. So, you know, this is interesting. We know who the Reinsdorfs are, and I, and I, and I struggle to think that the Reinsdorfs would even use that just considering that, you know, they're, they're saving some money on overhead, which is a story for another day, right? Because that's something that also sucks about this franchise is that you have, you, have, you know, a, a tools that a lot of other teams would use at their disposal. The Chicago Bulls are hesitant to use just because of money, and they don't want to invest that type of money to really help the team at times, which is an extremely frustrating standpoint of being a Bulls fan. But when you go back and pivot towards the Lonzo Ball contract portion being something that, 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 that the Bulls could use to try to add talent to this team, I got to say, if, if we're going to put a percentage on it, which I think is, is lately my thing, putting percentages on things, I still got to only put it at maybe maybe a 20% chance they use it because I just don't trust the Reinsdorfs to do it. But I want to hear from you guys. Hearing now that the Lonzo Ball contract is covered mainly by league insurance and teams could be interested to take it on, do you think that the Bulls would or should look to use that contract 
to maybe add some talent to this team, whether it means uh, it being part of a Zach Levine trade or not. Let me know what you guys think on all that down below. All right, with that said, let's go ahead and get to the next topic, and that is, are the Bulls preparing for the chance that Zach Levine stays around, right? And this is something that even Mark Stein said in his article and that we're hearing more and more rumblings with. And Billy Donovan's had a lot to say about Zach Levine and kind of those conversations saying this. Yeah, in my conversations with Zach, and again, he's never really talked about his future, his feelings towards the organization. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And the team, never anything like that. Everything he's talked about is how does he help the group? And it's always been really positive, constructive conversations with him. I know there are a lot of reporting and things were out there about what uh, potentially may or may not happen. But my conversations with him leading into his return was the need to come in and help the group any way that he could. Now, there could be a couple of different scenarios for that, right? Coming in and needing to help the group could be to help himself as well, which is something that does happen, right? It's a symbiotic relationship there. By p- playing well and helping the Chicago Bulls team win and contributed to winning, it potentially helps teams be back in on Zach Levine, considering some of the questions around him and his impact on winning. Now, what are the chances that the Bulls keep him off? I talked about that on yesterday's episode. I put it at about 40%. I think that Zach Levine ends up staying here with the Chicago Bulls just because of the trade market. They may want to really evaluate fully what Zach Levine is going to be able to do, how he's going to play with this team. There could be some teams absolutely interested at the trade deadline. I, I don't eat, believe either that the trade uh, market for Zach Levine is barren, as some people, which is the latest buzzword around Zach Levine's trade ability. I don't believe that either. I think the truth falls somewhere in the middle. And it really comes down to what the Bulls are willing to accept for Zach Levine at the trade deadline. Does it become less than what they've held it at before? Do they hope, true, that Zach Levine plays well, maybe even during the playoffs if the Chicago Bulls make it and he plays well that ups the trade value? Uh, You know, there are a lot of things that go around and scenarios that play into that, but I think the Bulls have to prepare for both scenarios, right? They have to prepare for, all right, if we, if we do get the deal that we like, this is what we want for Zach Levine. We'd be willing to move off of him because of that. But they also have to be prepared if they just don't like the deals to bet on Zach and bet on themselves and say, we think that this team is going to be better. We think that Zach can contribute to that winning. And by doing that, this is what we need to do. And so I think that those are the things that happen eventually with Zach Levine and with the Kobe White. I'm sorry, with the uh, trade market around that. And we'll end up seeing how it ends up playing out. But as far as Zach's present with the Chicago Bulls, Billy Donovan did mention after the game that him and Nikola Vucevic would potentially be moving back into the starting lineup sooner rather than later. And what does that do for the rotations, right? When you look at this game, I think 
Uh, one thing is is definitely true. Javon Carter has worked himself out of the rotation, only playing four minutes in this game. And with Dalen Terry playing the way that he has, it's really going to help extend that some. And you, you're looking at moving Vooch now and, and Zach Levine back into the starting lineup, which is going to push Alex Caruso and Drummond back to that bench unit to pair him with Iota Sumo, who's playing solidly, right? Doesn't always give the consistent scoring, but he does other things. And Dalen Terry, who's at least showing an ability to be an energy guy, a defender, things like that that we want to see from Dalen Terry. And so I think that there's a potential that with him, with the, the players moving back to the bench, that Javon Carter is worked out of the rotation. And hopefully if, if Dalen Terry keeps impressing as well, we see his role kind of stay the same. So the rotations are going to be interesting to see. And like I've said before, Billy Donovan has a tall test in front of him to balance it all and to make sure that he's getting the most out of what he has. Now, already Julian Phillips fell out of the rotation. He's back with the Windy City Bulls. That is what it is there. But I think and one thing that we've learned in this run and one thing that this run has helped is kind of identify players that still prop that need more minutes and that still have potential for the Bulls, right? We now know that Drum can play and should be playing more minutes. Stacey King talked about it, right? Even if when Vooch moves back to that starting lineup, mitigate those minutes for Vooch, right? Don't play Vooch as many minutes. As long as Drummond's playing well, give him 22, 23 minutes a game, which then eases the load on Nikola Vucevic, right? AC being back on the bench as well, frees him up to play multiple positions, still do the things he does. His minutes aren't going to change very much, but he's still going to play that impact role off the bench. And then, like I said, with Dalen Terry, Ayo Desumu, those guys are really thriving in how you're using them. And, you know, yeah, it's it's still a lack of size on that bench as far as the, at the power forward position. We'll see what happens. It's still probably going to mean that Dalen Terry is probably going to play some small ball four. May even see a little bit of Alice Caruso there at times. Uh, Patrick Williams still going to play a lot of minutes. But I think that over this stretch with having Zach and Vooch out and even them working themselves back into the starting lineup, we've learned something about this roster. And that could help. Uh, aid to a playoff push potentially because now you have players that are theoretically in a better position and more ready to go to help contribute to it. What have we talked about so often with this Bulls team? Get your young players ready by relying on them and giving them some minutes, and then when you need to actually use them, you don't have to worry about their confidence. You don't have to worry about the game getting to the speed of the game and them not being acclimated. So that's one thing that has benefited this is Dalen Terry, but I also think Javon Carter, especially when Torrey Craig comes back, is going to find himself not really getting minutes at all. And he's and that's because of his own play. And so, you know, we'll see with that. I really like the depth that we now have back with the Chicago Bulls team, with everybody getting back healthy. The key thing is now is how we're going to use. It. So let me know what you guys think on that. But we're going to get into one voicemail because th this has been a series now with Corey Mays. And this is the last time because he's still not making sense. But let's go ahead and play the voicemail from Corey Mays. Yo, what's up, Hayes? This is Marvis Corey Mays. God bless and I love what you're doing. Man, my point was nothing about Kobe White and Tyrese Maxey. My point was, if Kobe White is our future, then what are we doing? Remember I said that. What are we doing, especially about competing? Because Kobe White is not as good as Tyrese Maxey. But I'm saying Tyrese Maxey is somebody's secondary player. He's not even somebody's number one player. He's a secondary player. And our future hangs on Kobe White at this moment. Because he's our best young player. So my point was, we have the wrong personnel in there. We need more young players. And we definitely need young players from the draft that we can consider to be a star or at least have star potential. Like, not good potential, not, okay, he can score. I'm saying star potential. And what I'm saying is, the Bulls always rush that process. That's why I brought up Derrick Rose again. 
and he was utilized too much. You get what I'm saying? He didn't have a running mate. They rushed the process. It's like they always get a couple of young players and go, okay, let's go, to go compete for playoffs. And it's like, okay, if we competing, yes, we want to compete. We get in the playoffs and then what? It's like then what? It's what? Because Kobe White ain't Allen Iverson. He ain't John Morant. What are we expecting him to do? We get in that playoffs. Lose? Like, no. And I'm not saying don't compete as of just, you know, play hard. What I'm saying is don't compete as of record-wise. Yeah, I want the young players to play hard. Yeah, I want them to compete. But as of an organization, no, you shouldn't be worried about records. You should be worried about bringing in young players, young talent, and trying to find you two stars, preferably, but maybe just one star and one really, really good player. Pair them together and build around them too. And no, it wasn't a different era. Because all the way back to Jordan and Pippen, there's always been a duel. You always got to have that one dude that's great, then that one dude that's behind them as close as possible that compliments him and go and build around them too. We don't have that. And Kobe White is not it. So we need to bring in more young players. So we can establish two people and build around them. Because Zach is not the future, he's old. DeMar not the future, he's old. Vooch, he's not the future, he's old. Patrick Williams, eh, he's okay, but he's not a star. I.O., he's okay, he's not. All right, Court, let me go ahead and break this down for you. If you draft talented young players, you're going to win basketball games. A front office isn't sitting there saying, oh, yeah. We need to make sure that we win 43 games. No, you draft the talent, and then you let that talent play out. When you hear things like AK and Eversley aren't willing to go full rebuild and they still want to try to compete, it's because they have the, the team that's going to win games. So no front office is going to say, hey, we got these young, talented players, but let's, let's just lose games. Again, I already debunked that. Your whole thought process on let's just not win games, record shouldn't be a thing because we need more young, talented pieces. Yes, you need that. But again, at the same time, you're going to get that naturally through what you have, and you have to trust your development staff, and you have to trust your, your ability to pick out talent in the draft. We already talked about it. Only three first-round picks in the history of the NBA, uh, well, first overall picks, have won a championship with the teams that drafted them. And it becomes lesser and lesser in every pick that you go with that. Like I said before, you look at the Denver Nuggets, for example. They drafted extremely well. Never won less than 30 games. Never tried to tank, right? Yes, they had Jamal Murray. Yes, they, they, they brought in these players. But then at the end of the day, when you did get your star, it, you already had the foundation. Every, even with the Derrick Rose thing, you keep going back to this Derrick Rose thing, and it's idiotic because, again, Derrick Rose came to a team that had a foundation because they had drafted well for years. And guess what? That team had won multiple, multiple playoff series at that point in time. So keep using this. This, this is such a fan mindset and a short-sighted one to say, why are we winning games? We need to, this talent. We need to do that. You let the things play out. And when you draft talent, you got to let that talent thrive. Do you know what you're doing to that talent? Regardless if they're star level or superstar talent or not, you know what you're doing to that? If you try to put them in a situation and not win, you end up where kind of we are now. Same thing with Zach Levine. Didn't have playoff series. Didn't have that playoff experience. And things happen, right? So I'm sorry. I just can't get with this notion. And you keep coming, calling in, leaving the same voicemail, trying to make the same point. The point is dead. It makes no sense to do. And it's not what this front office is doing. You got to chill, right? So it's not going to happen. That's it. It's period. Having this thought process of, oh, well, Kobe White, he's not a star level player. So why are we winning basketball games? We're winning basketball games because we have the talent to do so. And that's what you need to do, right? Yes, 
You want a superstar to take you over the top, but you hunting for that would keep you losing for decades, decades, and decades, and then your players lose faith in you, and then by the time you, you may get that player, they're over it. Look how many players we lost because of the Bulls losing and, and the way and the confidence getting shot with this team. It's a fan mindset. This isn't 2K. you got to understand how to actually build a team. That's it. Stop leaving voicemails on the same thing. Pick a different topic. You're not getting through with this one. It doesn't make any sense. And, I mean, outside of saying, yeah, you need superstars, and even saying, well, it was, it, it was, it was a completely different era. Because guess what? Those teams drafted players if they did have multiple stars. It wasn't a, a, a thing where now the thought process of let's just go out and find the stars here, there, and there, and there, there. And saying that Derrick Rose got hurt because if Derrick Rose didn't have us, that's stupid. I'm sorry, that's just stupid. And it's not reality. Calm the fuck down. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I like 10, everything on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.